Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Unassailable Organization podcast. This podcast is all about delivering clarity for your executive or leadership team to overcome today's obstacles by embracing forward change together instead of moving in different directions. My name is Mark Kenny, speaker, author, strategic advisor, and each episode will tackle a challenge that is keeping your organization or leadership team from moving forward together and being unassailable. In this episode, we tackle the challenge of overwhelm. The definition of overwhelm is buried or drowning beneath a huge mass. So if your organization or team feels like it's buried or drowning beneath a huge mass of work or priorities, this episode is for you. And for this episode, I turn to Joe Calloway. And I tap Joe because he is a well-known coach and thinker on business strategy to entrepreneurs and solo professionals. And you are going to walk away with a fresh perspective and one concept in particular that is so simple that you can easily permeate it throughout your entire organization. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and let's get to the conversation. Joe Calloway. I'm Mark honored Kenny. to have you join me. Thank you for joining me this morning for this conversation. I have been looking forward to this. I, I wouldn't be anywhere else right now. <laughs> so one piece of advice. Uh, you've been work, you work with the you've worked with executive leaders, executive teams, yep. and we'll get to some of that. What what's one piece of advice that you would give to leaders of executive teams right now? Well, it's interesting. A, a thousand things come to mind, and that gets to the advice that I would give, because with most leaders of executive teams, you get up on any given day, and the number of things that you could do goes on forever. And so my piece of advice is to take a deep breath and say, what's the most important thing that I need to work on? What, what's the thing that matters most that, that I, more than anybody else, need to bring my attention and my focus and my talents to? Because I just think it's so easy to get scattered uh, and kind of look at the list and start at the top and and just try and check as many things off the list as possible instead of saying, wait a second, what's the highest return that I can create for my team? And you can define highest return in all sorts of ways, but my, my advice is take a few minutes and really get focused. I, lo I love that. There's so much there I want to dig into. Um, how do I you know, a lot of leaders, there's so much thrown at them or so many things seem important, uh, whether it's putting out fires or, yeah. or this, or th this person's come to my office, or I have this meeting, I've got five meetings this morning. How do I decide what is most important? <laughs> and that's a tough one. And I don't know that there's a template for that. I think, I think that with, with, time and experience, you develop judgment. Hopefully, maybe we develop some wisdom and the ability to look at those things because it's tough. 
I mean, there are some things you mentioned fires to put out. Sometimes there's a fire and, and you look at it and you think, okay, this is, this shouldn't be the most important thing in my world right now. And yet this fire has got to be put out. It just does. And so I really think uh, that, that we simply have to use our judgment to navigate the, the, the constant ongoing balancing act. And having said that, I think if we've got some, some grounding uh, values and priorities that we always go back to. And for me, Mark, one of those would be, for example, culture. Uh, I mean, just I'm, I'm one of those culture guys. And I think that I can't think of anything more important for a leader to do than be the, the keeper of, the guardian of, uh, the, the grower of the culture. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't have a, oh, let me look at my template and see which of these <laughs> right. I need to go to right now. It's not that easy. Well, you said something, though, that I think, that I think is important. And that is that, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I believe this, and I think you're saying this, is that one of the things that needs to be important for me as a leader is sometimes to take a step back, take the time to step back and, and create that grounding in the first place for me and my team. So I have something to always go back to. Yeah. I don't know that everyone's done that. Would, would, would you agree with that? What are your thoughts on that? No, I do agree with that. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I'll play a little bit contrarian sometimes, but but I hear people say, oh my gosh, I've got a thousand things to do today. And sometimes just to, you know, needle them a little bit in the interest of getting them thinking, I'll say, wow, a thousand things to do. I can't imagine. I've usually got three things to do. <laughs> and, and if I do those three things and do them really well, I'm good. I'm in good shape, but I know what, what those three things are. Uh, and it's been the same three things for gosh, like 25 years. I'm perfectly willing to change them if that makes sense, but the three have served me well. And, and, and I think it's like you say, if we just, if we take the time to actually do that and say, for example, I'm not saying this is the way anybody has to do it, but what would my three things be that I know I need to tend to every single day? And so perhaps some of it is like, I'm not taking the time just to make, like, we need to just make a decision on what those three things are and not, you know, I don't have a thousand, th I have a thousand things I could do, yeah, but but is is it that I'm not making a decision? I'm not willing to make a decision and just put a stake in the ground that these are the three things I've got to be really good at, and I've got to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly it. Which kind of begs the question, Mark. So so why don't we do that? Now it could be that somebody's listening to this saying, "Well, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's the smart way for me to think about my business," which is fine, but. I've just seen too many examples of great leaders and great companies that can that will say, and I'm telling you, three seems to be the magic number. They'll say, well, there's three things 
that if we get these three things right, we're gold. And we constantly get better at these three things. <clears throat> I talk to leaders and I'll say, what, what are your priorities? What's most important? And they'll say, well, there tend to be three things that I really pay attention to. And, and of course, then people say, well, what should my three things be? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, now, one of the things that I love to do as a coach, and, and I think this has got to enter, or, or I would guess it enters in to part of what you do, is helping people think through uh, th those, what truly is important here, like what is truly important in terms of, in your world, making a team function really effectively and, and, and in a healthy way and in the most constructive, productive way. Uh, and so a lot of times I do think we need to just call a timeout and, and reset and say, what's really important here? Right, right. Because that's part of team cohesion, in my opinion, is sure. we all agree on what you're saying and what's exactly. Um, okay, so so let me let me throw out a couple scenarios at you. Let, let's say I'm not the leader. Uh -huh. the I, I'm a member of the team. I'm a member of this executive team. And let's say my leader isn't doing this. Like, like I don't have clarity in what the three things are. I don't feel like our team does. Um, so I'm not sure what's most important to me as a team member. What should I do in that situation? That's uh, <laughs> I'm throwing get, an easy one at you. Don't Jonathan. give me a hard yeah. question. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm flashing on uh, a meeting 15 years ago where a fairly new CEO came storming into a room and it was his about 20 top leaders and me, I was the only outsider. And he just went on a slamming the desk thing about, you've got to get your people on board. You all are not getting your people on board. And then he stormed out of the room. And one guy said was every, what everybody was thinking. He said, on board with what? <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't know what we're supposed to get on board with. Interesting. And if, you, if you have a boss uh, that's not creating clarity about what's important. I don't know. G g give me another option. But to me, the most obvious option is you need to go talk to them about it mm -hmm. and say, I feel like I'm say, for example, Mark, I feel like I'm not being as effective as in my job as I could be. And it's because I, I feel a need for clarity on direction on where we're going what my responsibility is on my turf to get us there because I want to get us there, but I need a clearer picture of what, what there is, you know, where we're going. And that's hard. I mean, anytime you go to your boss with that kind of possibly somewhat confrontational question, that's not easy. That's hard, but if your intentions are right, and and I know you can speak to this, if you if you if your intentions are good, and, and you're ready to go in and listen, uh, and just all the things that I know you you uh, teach about effective communication and effective problem solving. So I think I think it's it's not something that you can ignore when your boss isn't giving you clarity. I, I just, that's gotta, that's gotta be resolved somehow. Yeah, that's good. And I'd say go at it with humility 
Yeah. Um, so, so what I'm hearing is, and I agree, is the worst case scenario is nobody has clarity. Everyone's thinking the same thing and no one's having the conversation. No, no one's bringing it up or no one yeah. has the courage to, to bring it up in the right, in the right way. Okay, let me give you another scenario. We do okay. have clarity, but our meetings are, we get distracted in our meetings by things that aren't really one of the three things, but seem important at the time. Or, or what, what, do you have any suggestions or advice on how to keep our meetings focused on the three things and not get distracted by what's really not important or spending time on what's really not important? Yeah, and, and my best advice is to simply pass on what I've seen with, with some organizations that have fabulous meetings. I mean, really focused, get a lot done. People feel good when they come out of them. They feel engaged. They feel empowered. And it goes back to the reference that you made. And it could be, I, I know a bank, uh, a big, big bank, that th they start all of their meetings with, Okay, remember, there's two things that we yes. want to accomplish. We want to accomplish this, and we want to accomplish that. So yes. let's talk about how we're doing. And so they make everything within the context. That's that's the guiding context for all of the issues that come up. There are other companies. There's a company that I wrote about in one of my books called uh, Memphis Invest, that each of their department meetings uh, the 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 top two or three leadership people that go to each of these department meetings, um, they have a set of numbers. And it's like, okay, here's our numbers that guide us. So let's take each category and see how we're doing. Like um, uh, uh, houses that are being remodeled, schedule, how are we doing? Are we 90% on schedule? Are we 100% on schedule? If we're not on schedule, what's the problem and how are we going to fix it? Uh, there's a company that I worked with that, interestingly enough, this was about 20 people. Everybody bought into it. Their driving thing, Mark, was profit. And it was, okay, we're going to tie everything in the meeting to how it contributes to making a profit. Uh, but they had a profit-sharing plan and so everybody really understood profit, understood how profit benefited the clients, how it benefited them personally. So, so yeah, I think, I think you have to go in with, with a set of guidelines uh, to keep you on track. Yeah. So almost it's not even so important what the guidelines are or that it fits a, a certain prescription for the meeting, but that we're all bought in. We know what's important. We know what's going to drive our success and we're not going to let ourselves, we're going to keep reminding ourselves of that and we're not going to let ourselves get distracted by other stuff that's just distracting. One, one of my favorite set of guidelines I ever heard in my life, and it was 25 years ago, a fairly new advertising agency for recent college graduates. I didn't read anything about a vision statement, a mission statement. They had four rules of business. Let's see if I can remember them. One, do great work. Two, make money. Three, have fun. And number four, my favorite, don't work with people you can't stand. <laughs> oh, I, I think there's some people that would like to take that advice. Well, so. there were, I remember one of the stories was they were early on in, in negotiations <laughs> with a potential client 
And they then they had a meeting among the four of them. And one of them said, I think we can't stand these people. And the other one said, I think we can't either. We can't work with them. They're <laughs> just philosophically or ethically or whatever, so misaligned with us that we've got to look at our rule number four and we've got to stick with it. <laughs> Love it. Love that. Okay. I want to hit one other question. And that is, I'm in an organization. I'm leading a team. But I'm not at the executive level. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the director level or somewhere in between. Um, is there any advice you would give to someone like that, someone in that position? Um, do they need to do the same thing? Identify their three things that are important and how do they align that with what's, what's above them? You, you know, ideally to me, it's a cascading thing. Mm -hmm. The company, <clears throat> and this is one that you get, you have to get buy-in from everybody. You have to get consensus. It, it, if Even if you don't get total 1,000% enthusiastic buy-in, everybody has to at least say, okay, if I were in charge, I might go a different way, but I'm okay with this. I'm committed to it anyway. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm willing to commit to this. So the company has, and let's go with three, it's three things. The CEO has her three things that she has to do to help the company accomplish the three things. Then everybody underneath that has their three things. Like I'm in charge of sales. My three things are going to be different than head of manufacturing's three things, which will be different than head of legal's three things. But they're all in the interest of helping the company accomplish its three things. And so it cascades down all the way through the organization to the factory floor, to the mailroom, to, you know, the individual salespeople. Um, it, and, and so you've got people doing different things, but they're all united in the ultimate goal of, of why we're doing these things. Now, someone's listening to this and I know what they're thinking, Joe. They're thinking, that sounds wonderful. I don't have that clarity. We're not cascading down, but I still want to give clarity to my team, what would you say to them? Well, then I think you simply claim your territory and say, we're going to do it right here. On my turf, we're going to be focused. Uh, I'm going to provide the leadership impetus for that focus. And we're going to get buy-in and commitment and engagement and, and, and within, within our part of the company, uh, we, we are going to be focused and we are going to have our three things. In the meantime, I'm going to do what I can to bring other people around to a more, a more focused, purposeful, intentional way of doing things. And that goes back to, and that may involve, I need to have a conversation with my boss. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you can, but I mean, you can, you can be an effective leader when you're not working for an effective leader, but man, it's hard. It's really hard, Mark. That's yeah. just one. Of, that's a tough one. It is. I like what you said about almost controlling what you can control and say, we're, we're going to do it right here. Yeah. We're going to be focused. We're not going to get, we're, 
distracted by what's not. We're, we're going to know what's important for us to be successful. Yeah. Company or agency or organization or whatever it is. Love it. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, Joe. And and I had I had another note here. I just saw like, would you say that not having this level of clarity is part of what contributes to maybe some of the lack of retention or burnout or or things like that that we're seeing today because because there's confusion or it's frustrating not having that level of you know I know how to be successful here. Yeah, I think it absolutely does. I mean, you you don't you rarely see. <clears throat> truly engaged employees quitting and going somewhere else. But, but if there's not clarity on the what and the why behind what we're doing, how do you get that engagement? Uh, it's just, golly, it, it just becomes kind of going, going through the motions to do this, that, and the other. And those motions may change in a snap. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, that feeling of, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not really sure why I'm supposed to do it. Uh, I can't be committed to it because I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, lack of clarity is a, is a tough one. And it can really be damaging, I think. Yeah. Uh, to the effectiveness and the health of an organization. That's exhausting when priorities change like that. I, I, and I can't keep up and that's tiring. That's hard. It really to... is. And you know, maybe that, that could be the walk away thought for the day because I think you and I seem to be so on the same page about this. If we just said today, I'm going to really give some thought to creating clarity mm -hmm. and whatever that means to me either with, with my job and my turf, or do I need to help the organization as a whole create clarity? But that's a, I mean, that's a worthwhile takeaway is I'm going to work on clarity. And as the leader, I'm the one that really has to do that. Like people Absolutely. are looking for me to create clarity. So I'm going to create clarity. I love that. That's a great way to wrap up our conversation. That's Jeff. a good one. I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, give me a couple sentences on, on what you do and how you help organizations. You know, what I do now is I mostly work with either individuals or like the, the owner of a, of a small business. I don't, I don't do a lot of big corporate stuff anymore, um, but I'll work with an entrepreneur either one-on-one -on -one or maybe with her top two or three people. And we have the kind of conversation that you and I just had. I help them think through clarity. Are we going in the right direction? If not, do we need to change direction? But once we establish that direction, then what is it that's most important to helping us get to, the, to, to that next level, whatever it is we want to get to? And the biggest part of what I do, Mark, is, is simply bring an outside perspective and help people think through what their next steps should be. I call it reset for people that it's like, golly, I just, I feel like I kind of need a reset. Okay. I can help with that. <laughs> yeah. Because when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to see 
It is. And I, I like to work in a half-day format. We'll do some prep work before, and then we, we meet together. And I, I like to do it face-to-face. I like to go to them and sit down in a room with them, do a half day, and do, then do about 30 days of follow-up uh, to be sure they're on track. And, you know, sometimes the day after a coaching session, I've done this. The day after a coaching session, they say, boy, that thing I was so sure about yesterday, having slept on it, I kind of <laughs> want to tweak that a little. So sometimes uh-huh. some follow-up can be helpful. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for uh, investing your time in uh, in the lives of leaders and and people out there that so need to hear it. It's so appreciated. Thanks for having me. Well, you can tell I'm 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 in blab blabbermouth mode now. I could do this with you all day. This, <laughs> this is fun for me. It, it makes me think. It makes me think about my own stuff. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You are welcome.